Welcome back, everybody, to episode 10 of the That's Bold podcast. And today we're going to be talking about a variety of things, um, ranging from fighting to um, college basketball, MLB stuff. And we'll go into a lot of different takes on my certain things. And then we'll obviously jump into the bold pick of the week and then the top five at the very end. To start this episode off, I'd like to start out by thanking Tommy Fury for finally exposing Jake Paul as being an average boxer. Thank the Lord. I mean, how long could that crusade go on? Um, it was just a matter of time until he stepped in there with a guy that's been doing it and doesn't get phased by the light, like the bright lights, and he just is comfortable being in the boxing ring. And no one he's fought has been comfortable in the boxing ring and been even close to his age. I think everyone he's fought has been damn near double, like at least 15 years older than he is. So, I mean, Jake Paul finally got in there with the proper boxer that is at least solidified within the game and he has experience. I, I don't think, this is not to pump Time of Fury's tires at all, because I don't think he should have been f- selling around like he did after the fight, freaking going crazy like he just won the title. Because at the end of the day, you did beat Jake Paul. And I know that you're going to get a bunch of money for it. I know that you won the fight, so you can be somewhat excited. But like he was like jumping like around, like crying in the post-interview. Like you got to show like you've been there before, to be honest, in my opinion. But um, especially when you're fighting a guy like Jake Paul, that you made that he took you took him to decision, which I did think actually was going to happen. I predicted it spot on. I said Tommy Fury by decision, and that's what we got. And in anyone that's this thing, Jake Paul was somehow robbed. You just did not watch the fight. Jake Paul got outclassed for probably six rounds. And that knockdown that they said, knockdown in quotes, that was not a knockdown at all. Tommy Fury slipped. And that's not me being a Jake Paul hater. You can literally, he, like he literally, his left foot slips. Look at it in slow-mo, and it's not a knockdown at all. He got up in about half a second and was protesting it right away. He wasn't phased at all. He didn't look like he had his legs completely right away. It wasn't a knockdown. So that was the only reason they even went to split decision, in my opinion. It should have been unanimous, but um, at the end of the day, doesn't matter. All that matters is Jake Paul freaking lost. So thank you, Tommy Fury, for humbling this bum. And Jake Paul can go back to fighting KSI and Nate Diaz type of fighter because then again, I'll give him credit. He's better than they are. Anybody that just walks into a ring, he'll clap them. Like he would beat the shit out of me. He'd beat the shit out of any 99% of MMA guys. Um... He'll beat the shit out of any 40-year-old that he goes in there with that was good at one point. Like, he can beat those guys. But he's not a pro-level boxer right now. Not to say he couldn't be, but at least not. there's no way, in my opinion, he becomes a high-level pro boxer, maybe not even mediocre pro-level boxer. He can become a low-tier pro boxer for sure and be a journeyman. That's at best for me. He's super sloppy. I don't know. He makes a lot of, a lot of silly mistakes and, like, just not things that like established boxers do, and you can get away with it because he's fighting like tin cans until he fought Tommy Fury. When then that stuff that shit doesn't fly anymore. So my take on Jake Paul is he should go fight KSI, get a big money fight. He definitely wins that fight in my opinion. You can't play boxing like at least Jake Paul. As much as I hate on him, he is at least fighting fighters. <laughs> Besides Nate Robinson, that one didn't even count. But um. He is fighting like people that do have experience with fighting. Like he's at least doing that. Um, they may not be boxers, and they might be a, may not be fair fights on paper, but at least he's fighting fighters. 
KSI is whoa. I, I love KSI. I like him a lot more than Jake as a person. But he does kind of piss me off when it comes to boxing because this guy is even more of a like prima donna. He fights literally no one. At least like I don't even know who the last person he fought was. I think he's like a phase member. So this guy literally gets off of like his COD stream at 4 a.m. and then showed up to the ring and like put on gloves and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna box now. Like what? That doesn't even like. In JK's, I said, like, I'm a real professional boxer. Like, bro, what are you talking about? First of all, I don't think either of you are. But at least Jake is fighting fighters. And, like, people that, like, have punched before. <laughs> like, these guys that KSI's fighting are literally, literally fucking nobodies. They're like traffic cones out there. And he's knocking him out and, like, going ape shit in the post-fight interviews, like, trash-talking Jake. I'm like, okay, stop running then. To be honest, he's. I think Tess is a little bit afraid of Jake when he probably should be because he he knows deep down that he's fought in literally no one, and I think that honestly, the, like half of Jake's opponents would be KSI, and that's not saying that Jake's opponents have been great because they're not. But I think Jake honestly walks through KSI unless KSI just throws out freaking hood punch and connects with it because that's all he does he just wings fucking hooks the whole time and that works when you're fighting against bums but jake paul is definitely not a bum he's not a bum but he's nowhere near the level of like a pro boxer right now but there's levels to it and he's still levels above ksi in my opinion so i will give jake that respect but moving on from jake paul um his o is now gone he's got a loss let's see how he handles it um, and yeah, let's move on to fighters that I actually care about. <laughs> so um, moving on to the UFC 285. That is this coming weekend, and I cannot wait. It's another uh, return fight. Like we've been talking about McGregor coming back soon, later, way later this year, probably September, October. But the show is coming out in May. We're talking about a lot of returns. Like in that area, we have Cejudo, I think, coming back. And this is on might be one of the biggest returns, if not the biggest, because it's been the longest. And it's John Bones Jones. And also, it's the most influential because, in my opinion, he's the GOAT of uh, the UFC and MMA in general. But, um, yeah, John Jones is my GOAT for MMA, and he's finally coming back after, what, three years, I think it is now? And he's fighting the damn best, too, in a weight class that he's never fought at before. He's going up weight. This Surogan is definitely a naturally bigger guy than him. And it's for the strap automatically. He's fun, coming off a massive layoff. Going up weight, fighting a guy that's another kickboxer, very technical. And I think this is, might not be as, as intriguing as the Francis Ngannou fight might have been because Francis Ngannou was like the undisputed champion. And he was just an intimidating big motherfucker that like nobody wanted to fight. And John Jones wanted to go in there and face the toughest right away. But um, honestly, I think now that um, Ngannou left the UFC, this fight actually might be a little harder for John Jones. I think the Francis Ngannou fight might have been a little easier of a matchup for John Jones than Cyril Ghana's, because I feel like Francis Ngannou is pretty much a one-trick pony, whereas Cyril Ghana is really technical for a heavyweight. He moves like a middleweight. He, like he's 6'5", 250, but he moves like he's 180. He's super, super light in his feet, and he's like a kickboxer. And there's not he might be one of two. In that division now i mean he's a big dude he's bigger than um john jones he's one of the few guys that john jones has fought that's had near his reach because john jones has like spaghetti arms that dude his arms are massive so he's had a huge reach advantage over everyone 
and he really doesn't. I think it might be like an inch or two. So it still has a slight, but it's not a ton. And um, I think that uh, if Cyril Gans make him think a lot more, it's going to be more of a chess match than just evade the right hand of Ngannou and piece him apart. Because I think if you get hit by Ngannou, you're fucked. But like, I think if John Jones, I think he's smart enough to evade that, um, at least not catch it clean. And I think John Jones would have had his way easier with um, Francis Ngannou because it's an easier like thing to prepare for. It's just you have to fight him cautious and fight him smart, and you'll probably be okay if you have the skill set of John Jones. But Cyril Gaon, I mean, I don't know how this fight's going to go. Because John Jones is a, definitely a better wrestler than Cyril Gaon is, especially if Ngannou held him down the whole fight. But um, he's definitely a super technical fighter at that weight, which is definitely hard to deal with. And he's a bigger guy than John Jones is naturally, so that's something he has to get used to. Um, and yeah, it's the championship rounds too, five-round fight. And I'm so excited, man. I'm super excited. Uh, John Jones coming back. Everyone wants to see John Jones win, um, including myself, actually. I really like Cyril Gaon. He's a really good dude. But I do want John Jones to kind of just stamp it um, and definitely nail in the coffin that he's the GOAT. Because if he wins this fight, no questions he's the GOAT. I mean, I already think he is no questions right now, but for some reason you still have people questioning that. So, um, yeah, let's do it. John Jones, main event versus Cyril Gaon. 2FC 285 my prediction okay my prediction is I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a, a knockdown drag down war honestly I think it's gonna be a five-round fight I think it's gonna take the best out of both of the fighters to to try to get this decision I think John Jones is definitely gonna have his way with takedowns but I, I don't see him finishing Cyril down there I don't see him finishing him I think Cyril is just a way bigger guy. Not way bigger, but he's definitely bigger that it's going to make it hard for him. And he's slick on the ground. He's pretty decent at getting back to his feet normally. And I think Cyril will be able to get back to his feet, and I think he's just such a good kickboxer that he'll make it kind of a just a chess match, like I said. And I could really go either way. But um, I, I mean, I think that I have... You know, I'll just say it's going the distance for now because my bold pick of the week is actually to pick on this fight, so I won't spoil that yet. But um, I have this fight going the distance if you uh, the main event. So now let's talk about uh, something that's not on this card, but it's in a future card, actually. And this will be happening in May, the sources are saying. It's not official official yet, I don't believe, but like the fighters haven't signed, I don't think, but it's getting posted everywhere, so it's pretty much done deal. It's Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo, Triple C. This is another return that I hinted at earlier. Henry Cejudo is back in action. He was a double champ at um, the UFC in a, a while back, actually. And he's finally back. He's a crazy good wrestler. I think he was a gold medalist, actually. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be a tough matchup for Aljo. This fight is going to be interesting because I think Aljo is kind of ducking Henry a little bit. He talked about he had an arm injury, a bicep tear. And then he didn't want to fight, and then he pushed it back further and further. And then apparently he finally said, okay, I'll fight, because um, Sean O'Malley was sitting there waiting for a pullout. I think he still is. I think he's definitely the one, the replacement, if somebody has to pull out from injury, missing weight, something like that. Um, and Sugar's got the winner. If this fight goes through, Sugar has the winner late summer or early summer or something like that. So that'll be exciting. But, um, yeah, Aljo versus Cejudo, they're both, or Aljo's more of a, he's a jiu-jitsu guy, a black belt, 
and Cejudo is more of a wrestler. So these are tough to predict sometimes. Traditionally, you see the wrestlers get these wins, and that's what I have happening here. I think Aljo is um, you're, he's really, really, really good on the ground if he gets your back. But I think Cejudo is so established in wrestling that he's not going to let that happen. And he's really, really good at um, takedown, obviously takedown defense. And I think he's just going to kind of bully him a little bit. I think I don't think Al just fought someone with the wrestling of Suhudo, and I think that's going to show because normally wrestling does beat jiu-jitsu. And I think I have Suhudo, uh, I'd probably say TKO for Suhudo, probably on the ground. Um, so that's my prediction for that fight. That's going to be way down the line, but we'll, we'll, talk, we'll cover that closer to that fight as well. But, uh, yeah, it's all, it's all for the, about the UFC for now. Let's move on to college basketball. And this is such a mixed feeling. I mean, for those that know, I go to Indiana University and obviously huge Indiana um, basketball fan. I mean, that's what you go for Indiana for. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, it's obviously the basketball school. It lives and breathes basketball here. And, and we obviously hate Purdue. If you know Indiana, you know we hate Purdue. And we actually beat Purdue again last week or the weekend. And that was crazy in Bloomington. Everyone was going nuts. Um, because we swept them this year, actually. Normally, it's always a team that home wins. And that's what I thought was going to happen, Because, especially this year, because we actually suck away. We're, like, amazing at home, but we are so bad away. So it's, like, just cancels each other out. But uh, we literally played so well. Indiana, like, dominated Purdue. Like, we played better at Purdue than we did at Indiana against them. So that was really crazy. But it was an awesome game to watch. Everyone was pumped up. And then... Um, Super good mood going into this week's games, the last two games before March Madness in the tournaments, and then we do that. This is the night. This is actually the night of. After a couple hours after the game, Indiana just got pumped by Iowa. I don't even know what just happened. I actually am glad I did not go to this game. I had tickets. I didn't go because of other things, but I'm glad I honestly didn't go because I would have just been so pissed off. What just happened? We just got like. 20 piece it might have even been 30 like no it makes no damn difference but we just got smacked by Iowa the whole game they were dominated literally were up and stayed up the whole game I think they're up by 25 at one point what the hell was that you want to talk about like a lazy like hangover game that was what that was might have been literally a hangover at this point like what the hell were their players doing they showed up after beating Purdue and looked so flat so flat no energy no desire they were getting out-rebound, out-shot. They just looked so sloppy out there. Turnovers, they literally just dominated us the whole game. I don't know what was going on with us. And normally that happens on the road. Normally we always like, have a good win and just get slapped by some low-tier Big Ten team away. We beat Purdue away. Everyone has high energy riled up for the game at Assembly Hall. We just get 30 racked by Iowa. So disappointing. I don't know what Indiana does. When like they have a good game and they just they can't string like good wins together it seems like, or they can't stream a good win to a to win they should get. I mean it's just so frustrating. I I'm like I'm super mixed feelings about this because we clapped up on our rival twice in a row now, beat them away, and then we just drop a literal goose egg against Iowa. They literally dropped ninety on us. I think they dropped ninety on us last time too. They put up like hundred eighty points in two games on us. Like, what a joke, bro. Uh, Woods, Woody got a tech, too, like our coach. Like, everything went bad today. So, 
I don't really know how to feel going into the Big Ten tournament and then March Madness because I feel like it's just our team goes as far as um, TJD and Hood Shafino take us. It feels like if they're on, we're, we can beat anybody. But if one of them, um, if both of them are not on, we're going to get smoked. But even if even one of them is not on, normally we probably will win. Like, I think against Purdue is the only game I can ever remember where TJD didn't drop at least 20 and 10, and we won. I was like, I looked over, and TJD had, like, zero points. I was like, how are we winning right now? Like, what's going on? And Jalen Hutchefino dropped, like, 30. So, I mean, you have to have at least one of them cooking to be good for our team because we don't have a lot of outside scoring. We don't shoot the ball very well from three. So we were kind of like a bully ball team, whereas if they're not rebounding, we're not getting going to the line, um, and TJD's not cooking, we, we are not that good. So we have a really high ceiling, but also a really, really low floor. Like any team that gets hot from three against us can beat us, any team. And you saw that today, like Iowa got hot and we just got smoked. So that makes me nervous. Uh, my predictions right now, I see us maxing out at like, maxing out at the lead eight. I really see us going around the Sweet 16, or we're even running, might be even around like 32, because we're just way too inconsistent. Like we look like we're the best team in the country one game, then we look like we will lose to my high school team the next game. So it's not a good recipe for the tournament. We have to, you have to click at the right time. We seem to click at the wrong time every freaking time in the tournament. So. I don't know. Hopefully they prove me wrong. Um, obviously, I'm hoping for the best, but i kind of prepared for like the worst right now. But just get us to the tournament, and we'll see what happens. But moving on from college basketball, we're talking about the MLB now for the first time in a little while. Some controversy actually just came up because of like the, one of the rules actually being executed. I think it was in the Braves game. But um, yeah, the new rules in the MLB. All the avid MLB followers know about the rules changes that just happened this past year. And it's, they made the rules changes for all the people that don't watch the MLB because of the, the struggles that they have for viewership. Um, the MLB seems to be losing, just losing its shine, honestly. They can't seem to figure it out. And the younger generations, obviously, if like the tension spans are just getting shorter and shorter, and baseball is a game to watch, you need a long one. Like, they're, they're long games. It's a slow game. Um, there's a lot of sitting. There's a lot of standing. And... And I love baseball, but I would be willing to admit that. Like, you have to – I feel like you have to either play – have played baseball in your life or just be, a, like, a, de- a diehard fan or you just kind of, en- like, enjoy the sport to a really hard extent to be able to watch a game start to finish. I, I feel what people are saying on that because I can watch Tigers games start to finish all the time, but I'm – you're not going to catch me, like, watching some Marlin Brewers game in August like it's it's a sport that needs to have something changed and some of these rules I think could be good for the MLB but some of them are getting a lot of backlash right now so let's talk about it um there's a new rule about the shift which I actually don't mind the shift that there was shift rule I don't mind I know that it's like um the shift I became super popular at the probably after the 2010s people started shifting players and I think it just ruined like the natural play of baseball because there's so many less hits one I know people say that the hitters should adapt and all this stuff. It's probably true, but it's MLB pitching. It's not easy. And why would like let's just have more hits. Let's just have more runs. It's more fun to watch. Let's just have that. So let's get the shift out of there for to a certain extent. This, the shift rule is now 
that when that pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be um, in the infield dirt for one. They can't be in the outfield. And uh, they have to have two infields on each side of second base. So that means that mean the first baseman, second baseman are on the right side, and the left or the third baseman and the shortstop are on the left side. I actually do like this. I think shifting kind of ruined, like, I don't know, not like the offense. That's not going to go that far, but, like, it did ruin, like, the flow, I feel like. It's, like, it's just too much. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like the traditional way of baseball. I'm kind of a traditional guy when it comes to that, and I think we should go uh, stick with this rule. I actually do like this one. So that's the first one. Second one's the pitch clock. That's the biggest one that people talk about because the first thing they say, do you watch baseball? is like, no, it's way too long. I just, it's so boring. It's so slow. I can't watch there for three hours, maybe more most times. So this is the biggest one that people reacted to is the pitch clock rule. Now, pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and then 20 seconds to throw them with a runner on base. I don't really know. I, I do like the rule change, honestly, because I think they do have to change something to try to speed the game up. I know it's not like the what like the old the old heads want to hear because they want their baseball and they want to just see it how it is how they used to be but it's not that's not going to be what works because it's clearly the viewership's going down and it feels like only playoff baseball is what people watch nowadays it's hard to find interest in viewership for regular season games especially like teams that aren't your local team i feel like nobody watches that anymore unless it's like a prime time game on a friday or saturday or something like that so it's just, this is the way like that people can just tune on, watch a game if it's on, and it won't take up their whole day. So this is like, I do, I do, I kind of like this rule. I mean, I don't know how they're going to enforce it. Like, what happens if a pitcher, it's, there's runners on base and he pitches it in 23 seconds? I don't really know what like is like a balk. I don't, I don't know what happens if they go over the time. Is my question because if they go barely over and something happens like bad, I don't know if I would like that per se, but you can't have people just standing on the mound, checking, 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 checking second base like 40 times. I just, the pace of play is too slow. So I do agree that they have to change something, but I don't know what the repercussions are for going over time right now. So I don't know. I have to, I have to dig deeper into that. But um, the last one I want to talk about is the bigger bases. This is a weird one. I, I don't even know what the what the huge point of this was, but they increased the size of the bases from 15 inches to 18 inches. I think they just want more steals, I guess, and I think it helps with um, people not colliding, like tripping on feet, like the first baseman and runners go and try to beat out a, a throw. Um, there's going to be less collisions, I think. Maybe they won't roll their ankle as much. I don't really know. I feel like it's not going to make a humongous difference, but, I mean, therefore I don't really give a shit either way, so whatever. <laughs> it's fine by me. Steal more bases. It's fine. So uh, I'm down, down with that one. But um, I, like, I like most of them, but I also don't know like how the seesaw is going to go. I don't know what happens if people don't follow these rules. That's what, I, that's what I'm concerned about because if it ruins the, the fairness and the, like the, the way of the game used to be, then I'm not for it. But if it just makes some slight tweaks and makes it a little more efficient, then I'm for it. So we'll see how it goes. But um, I'm, I'm glad they're at least trying something because they, they did recognize that something's not going to go right if we keep doing the same way. Um, let's move on to the bull pick of the week. The bull pick of the week for week number 10 is what I was talking about earlier where I didn't want to spoil my pick. I'm giving my pick for the surreal gone John Jones fight. Um, this is not a huge upset, but people actually have um, 
I, th- I believe it is John Jones as the betting favorite. I think it's like minus 100 or minus 200. The public, the general public, all has John Jones winning this. And I want John Jones winning this, and I can easily see it happening. But I have Cyril Gaon. I have Cyril Gaon winning John Jones in a decision. Like I said earlier, I think it's going to be a five-round fight. Um, I think the both guys are going to be trying to not make the first mistake for the first couple rounds. Um, John Jones will get him down for sure. He'll get Cyril Gaon down probably two three times. But I think as the rounds go on, takedowns get harder to complete. I think Cyril Gaon will be able to make it on the stand-up on the feet more. And honestly, I favor Cyril Gaon in a stand-up, in a stand-up fight. So I think rounds three, four, and five are going to be who wants it more. And if it depends if Cyril Gaon can keep those rounds standing up. Because I, I do think John Jones is definitely going to try to wrestle him. I think that's what he's going to try to do for sure to get this win. Because John Jones is a crazy good wrestler. But, um, yeah, I think Cyril Gaon is going to be able to defend his takedowns in the championship rounds. And I think he's going to win those rounds late. So that's why I have Cyril Gaon winning this one. I'd be fine with either guy winning. I'd like both of them. As fighters, John Jones is a person, not so much. He's kind of an asshole. But as a fighter, you can't deny he's, like, the greatest. So, and he's exciting to watch. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fireworks. I'm excited. Um, but that's my pick. I got Cyril Gaon winning this fight by decision. So, let's go now into the top five. We've been having some fun top fives recently. I just did the top five worst and best golf balls. Those are funny to make. This one's more exciting to me because it's kind of a nostalgic one for me, and I bet a lot of others that have played these same games. Um, but yeah, kind of just spoiled it. This week's is the top five sports video games of all time. Now, this is kind of tough because it's not, I guess, of all time. It's probably since 2004 <laughs> because this is, I wanted to do it off games I've actually played, like in my experience, because I'm not going to choose like NFL Street. I know that's like a crazy good game historically, people have said, but I've never played it, so I can't really connect to those people. But that's why I'm going to just do games personally for me. And those games are all the, obviously all the ones that I've played. So I started out with number five. I got Wii Sports. You already know we had to add a nostalgic one. It's like the first game that I played, actually, because when I got my, I guess I had the, maybe I had the DS, but um, the first thing I got, like my first console was the Wii. For all those like uh, early 2000s kids, when you got your first Wii, you were jacked. And the first game I bought was Wii Sports. And I would just hammer Wii Sports baseball hammer the golf all of it the bowling it's such a good game and i still play it like sometimes i go home for breaks and stuff it's just it's just, it's such a nostalgic game and it never gets old because like the music just like the the camera like the lighting in it oh it's just it's just really fun to go back and play that whenever you have the chance um and it'll never get old you got it like the game nights with your with your parents your families i always had those um yeah it's a great game so that's number five. Number four, I have a game that's just really biased for me is Madden 11. It's kind of specific, uh, but I, I I also played that on the Wii. That was my second favorite game on the Wii, besides uh, fucking Lego Star Wars. Banger, by the way, if you haven't played that, but it's not a sports game, so can't include that. But Madden 11, Drew Brees on the cover, total heavy metal soundtrack. It gets you, like, jacked. It's like you're, like, you think about like your dad's heavy metal playlist, like dry, like road trip car playlist. It's exactly that. And so there's the first like loading screens, like fucking Screamo. I don't know. It's like a classic game. I play this all of the time growing up. I used to play freaking like the three on three, I think it was, or the five on five mode. It was so fun because you have like the obviously, like, I think it's like a lot like the normal mode, 11 v 11 on Madden. And then you also had like, I think it was, I think it was 3v3. 
I think it was 3v3 mode, or 3v3 and 5v5, and it was the most fun shit ever. I would play that all the time. The one time, the one thing I did, I used to be a big Adrian Peterson fan before he got in trouble with, like, the assault thing. But, um, yeah, he was a huge Adrian Peterson fan. I, I got his jersey, actually, when I was younger, and I would just spam Adrian Peterson HB toss to the right every fucking play on that game, and he was a god. I won every time against my friends, against everybody. That If you ever played that game and use Adrian Peterson, you would know what I'm talking about. He was literally a demigod in that game. So I I literally, like, all my friends got so pissed, and we, like, banned using Adrian Peterson for a while. But, um, yeah, Madden 11, tons of good members playing that. Number three, I got NBA 2K17. I think 2K peaked right there. NBA 2K16 and 17 were really, really good. I had to choose between those two, but I played 17 more. So NBA 2K17, such a good game. Again, really nostalgic. Um, I've played like a million like 2K tournaments with my friends um, in that game. I think the shot meter was, that was like the best shot meter. It had like the full semicircle. It had like the green, uh, the green light if you had that. That's so satisfying when you got the green light in 2K17. Uh, the music was amazing in it. Um, I feel like the teams were like, the players on each team were just so fun. You had like the Warriors to use with KD, um, Cavs with Braun, Thunder. I mean, it was it was so fun to play that year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just brings me back. 2K's honestly fallen off a cliff, to be honest. It's gotten worse and worse each year. But, um, yeah, NBA 2K17, number three. Number two, I got Madden Mobile 16. Do not think I forgot. That game was insane. It's insane. And I know this is not like a console game, but I thought of this when I was making it. I was like, I can't leave out Madden Mobile. Um, at my middle school specifically, literally every guy would go there like 30 minutes before school, sit in the cafeteria and just grind. Fucking grind. I remember like the, like the live events or whatever. People would be pulling pro packs the whole time. We did that every day for like until like September or August when the NFL starts till the end of the season. And it would be locked in. The second person got a player from like an event or something, everyone would like, be like, oh, they would be pissed off. Like, I remember how serious it was. And like, you would have like the clubs, and it was the best. You'd be grinding towards players, like the elites. Uh, it was so fun. I st- and, and Madden Mobile, also another game that ruined itself. I think it was like Madden, like Madden 19 or Madden 20 when it got ruined, when they went to this overdrive bullshit. So bad, so bad. The games like that, I remember Tap Sports, also they ruined that game. Just keep it how it is in those type of games. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Men 16, men 17, or, or men mobile 16 and 17 were amazing for those reasons. Most nostalgic game of my life for sure. That one of Wii Sports, but men mobile 16 at two is hard not to put at one, but you already know it's number one. NCAA football 14. The Denard Robinson on the cover. NCAA is the last one produced until I think we have one coming out like next year, two years. Thank God, finally. But um, yeah, NCAA Football 14, such a such a banger. You know how many times I've played like the, was it like Road to Glory, the franchises? You get to like juice your players' stats. You get to deck out deck out your player with the fucking accessories. I always did that. It was so fun because, like, the atmospheres in college games are just so electric. You get to do all these rival games. You get to do, like, snow games. And, like, you got the random team generator. You had to do three randies in a suicide. It was the best, man. I remember having, like, every, like, um, time you have a bunch of friends over, you'd always hop on the NC2A14. 
It was the best, man. You'd have like super heated arguments all the time. No game could end in a happy. You had to rematch it every time. That was the best thing. But yeah, NC2A football 14 by far number one for me. It was never even a question. So yeah, let's run it back one more time. We have number five, Wii Sports. Number four, Madden 11. Number three, 2K17. Number two, Madden Mobile 16, goaded. And number one, NC2A football 14. Shout out to Nard. But yeah, that's it for the top five, and that's it for the episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's great to be back once again. Uh, I'm looking forward to this week's fights. It's going to be electric. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening once again. Like if you enjoyed and share it to all your buddies. Hope you guys have a good one.